Praise God. Good morning. I've enjoyed the worship. Amen. God bless you, Mr. Hayford. It was good. I'm glad that you're all in church. Let's get right into it. Let's first start off the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to hear your word this morning. We pray that your word will come forth in simplicity and clarity of speech, yet in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. May I speak under inspiration. May I speak under the influence of your spirit. I pray that may your word have a great impact on our lives and may it transform our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? See, the Bible is a very prophetic book. In this very present age today, you are bound to think of, not even think, worry about your life based on everything, the events and whatever is going on, you will be forced to worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on, because things are expensive, right? In this very current and present time we live in, things are expensive. It will put you in a state of worry. But Jesus said this from the ancient words of this book. Don't worry. Let's read on. Look at the beds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? So you cannot, someone is worrying by their speech. Speech is indicative of whether you are worried or anxious. And Jesus is telling us in this scripture today that we shouldn't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'm ministering on what I call first things first. First things first. Now, this scripture is a very interesting scripture. Um, before we look at this scripture, Jesus starts with therefore. Like I keep on saying, you never start a statement with therefore. Therefore is a continuing statement to whatever previous statement had been uttered. So the meaning of this word therefore means for this reason or on this ground. So for you to really understand verse 25, you have to look at the 24 verses because 25 is joined to the previous verses. And if we look at the previous 24 verses, Jesus started by teaching the disciples, or let me use this word, he was reorienting them on how they do certain things. Because most of the things the Jews did were not foreign. It was part and parcel of them. The Jews believed in giving. The Jews believed in praying. The Jews believed in fasting. The Jews believed in investment or savings. They believed in that. <laughs> right? Now, even, and they said that one of the most frugal and prudent people when it comes to finances in today's world are Jews. So these were things they practiced. And the Jews believed in pursuing things. Every human has pursuits. So when Jesus came, what he came to do is that this is what you do, but I say do it like this. He came to reorient and change whatever they did. So for example, he talked on how they should give. Don't give bringing too much publicity to yourself. It doesn't glorify God. It doesn't glorify my father. Rather, give in secrets. And then God will bless you openly. So he changed that. The Jews believed in showmanship when it came to giving. And Jesus was saying, that's not how you give. Now, praying. The Jews believed in praying. But Jesus told them that don't pray with long speeches and vain repetitions. It is not in verbiage that will make my father listen to you. That's not why. Because whatever you are praying about, my father already knows you need them. Don't be like the hypocrites. But know that your father knows everything. But rather, pray in this manner. And then Jesus introduced what was called the Lord's Prayer. So he changed how they should pray. Don't do it in showmanship. Don't do it with a boost. So that was Jesus. So now he touched the second thing that the Jewish people were accustomed to. That was prayer. The third thing Jesus decided to touch was fasting. 
He said, I know it's part of your culture, but you do it wrongly. When you are fasting, don't fast for a show. There is no need to fast with a disfigured or a sound countenance on your face. And when you fast, bath. Take a shower. Don't let it become too obvious that you are fasting. For when you do that, you have already received your reward. Because during those times, during the Jewish times, when people were fasting, it was easy to tell the difference. Because normally people will sit down in sackcloth and in ashes and they will not take bath for days. Fasting in the Old Testament was sometimes mostly a time of mourning. There were many times it was time to seek direction and ask the Lord, what should we do, especially during their time when they had to go for war, when they were kingdoms and stuff like that. But mostly in the Old Testament, fasting was a time of repentance from your sin. And when that happened, it became very obvious. You are, you are in dirty clothes, you are in sackcloth and ashes, you don't take bath for days. And, and, and you know, it just becomes obvious. But Jesus came to turn the table on that, that when you are fasting, take a shower. Take a shower. Don't let people see that you are fasting. Don't even be sad. Because when you do that, you have received your reward. But now I'm telling you this, if you want to fast, do it in secret so that when the blessings is coming, it comes openly. Jesus changed what, how they fasted. And Jesus touched on the fourth thing, investments. He said, I know you guys believe in investments, but let me tell you where to invest. Invest in heaven. Moth and rust do not break in. Rust, moth and rust doesn't corrupt your substances and your investments. And thieves do not break in to steal. That is where you are to invest. Jesus was telling them that change your godly desire, your desires, change your affections. He was touching the affection because your investment speaks about your affection. It speaks of your desires. And Jesus came to change that. And then Jesus now said that it affects your vision. So he also spoke to them about vision. And he used terms like the lamp of the body is the eye. And if the eye is good, the whole body is full of light. So he was talking about vision. That when you become too material driven, too rich conscious it will affect your vision and jesus went on by saying that if your eye is bad your whole body is full of darkness and and if your eye is good your whole body will be full of lights you know riches is not a sin to be rich because when you read the old testament god promises to bless people who fear him with riches wealth and riches but you have to come to a place whereby wealth and riches don't have to affect your desires, taint your service you have for God, and, and wealth and riches should not become a God in your life. That is what we are trying to avoid. 
Because when that happens, it affects your vision. And Jesus says that if your vision is bad, everything about you is bad. If your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is in darkness, how great is that darkness? Riches and wealth have a way of corrupting your vision, which will affect your disposition in life in general. So that's what Jesus was saying. And then verse 24, Jesus now sounds a strong warning. You can't serve two masters. Mind you, he didn't say God and the devil. He said God and mammon. Not money, but mammon. Mammon is an evil spirit that rules through the medium of money. Amen. So you can't serve that and God. So Jesus came, he came to change their focus, came to change their perspective. Why? Because he was going to drive at the heart of the matter what they should really pursue. And therefore, he goes on by saying, on this ground, or for this reason, I'm saying to you that don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you will drink. Don't worry about what you put on your body. Life is about pursuits. What are you pursuing? Jesus didn't say it is not wrong to have these pursuits, but Jesus wants us to put these pursuits in its proper context and its proper placing. And Jesus went on to compare us to two things that we might see them to be very insignificant. Bed, and then lilies of the field. Jesus said that the beds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't work, but they always eat. Because they eat by the mercies of God. They eat. Beds are able to do what they do because of God. God feeds them. And Jesus is posing the question that, are we not more valuable than birds? Birds were not created in the image of God. Humans, we were created in the image of God. When you look at the bird, you look at the image of a bird. When you look at man, a human being, you look at the image of God. That should tell you something. And Jesus is saying that, if, uh, if my father has created you in the image of God, are you not more valuable that he will take care of what you will eat? He will take care of what you will drink? He will take care of what you will put on your body? Will he not do it? And then Jesus went on to compare us to lilies of the field. Just look at the lilies of the field. By winter, they shrivel and they are all dead. By spring and summer, they will start to blossom and bloom. And Jesus is uh, and bloom, I'm sorry. And Jesus is saying that these lilies of the field who even shine temporarily. They are not Solomon cannot even compare himself to lilies of the field. In all his glory. And you have to understand who Solomon was. Solomon was the richest king. Solomon had wealth like no other. You should check him. And, and Jesus was saying that Solomon in all his glory, 
he still cannot be compared to a lily of the field that will shrivel in winter. Please find a lily in the winter. You will search forever. They've all shriveled. They are seized now. But Jesus says that the lilies of the field have much more glory than Solomon in all his glory. Why? Because God took care to clothe the grass of the field. And if God has done that, will he not clothe you? And then he calls us, we have little faith. We have little faith. So Jesus is saying, don't worry. He didn't say don't think. He said don't worry. When, when you come to a place of worry, it's a place of overthinking. It's good to think, but when you overthink, it degenerates into worry. Whereby it affects your emotions to the point that you can't sleep, you can't eat, you become fully consumed. And Jesus doesn't want us to have that. He said we shouldn't worry. We shouldn't be filled of anxiety. We shouldn't be troubled in our hearts about what we will eat, about what we will drink, about what we will wear. Because these are the things the Gentiles, people who don't have a covenant with God, these are the things they seek for. So Jesus is addressing pursuits here. But Jesus is, wants us to have a different pursuits. He says, seek first. And that's why I call this message, first things first. Seek first. I know the economy might be shaky. I know that the stock market might be going through, you know, they call it category five storm. The economy is going to, the market is going to go through category five storm. And they are comparing it to what happens when a tsunami hits or something? That means it's going to get worse. I know things might go bad. I, I know that maybe there might not be too many things to write home about. But today, Jesus is imploring upon us. It, it's sort of like he's even begging us. You of little faith, I want you to switch up your faith a bit. Seek first the kingdom of God. I know, yeah, food prices have gone up. Things might be expensive. Um, it, it might be doom and gloom out there. But no matter what, don't shift your focus to those things. Rather, I will want you to seek first. It's an option. So with everything that is going, you can seek all the problems that may seem to encumber you. But Jesus is saying, take your eyes off. Seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. And, he, and, and then he gives us a warning. Don't think about tomorrow. For tomorrow, we'll worry about its own things. Because even today, the day is sufficient of its own troubles. Why do you want to worry about tomorrow? It didn't say don't plan for tomorrow. It didn't say don't think about tomorrow. But don't fret. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. You know, this story, Jesus is not speaking against planning or thinking. He's rather speaking against worry. And sometimes we worry because of our pursuits. But today, 
through this scripture, I want us to shift our pursuits. Your pursuits of wanting to live well, your pursuits of I want food on the table, your pursuit of what to drink, your pursuit of clothing, what to wear, shift those pursuits to having a higher pursuit of seeking first the kingdom of God. And when we make God's kingdom first, the Bible lets us know that all other things shall be added unto us. So this begets the question, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, the, the word kingdom has, comes from two words, domain and then the king. So when we talk about the kingdom, the kingdom means the king's domain. So the kingdom of God is the king's domain. It's where God dwells. It's where he has sovereign rule. And he has sovereign rule where you can design his will for your life. One of the broadest meanings you will find in the Bible is the kingdom of God. And most times, the kingdom of God has different meanings depending on the context of the scripture, especially when you read the book of Matthew. But when you read this scripture in this context, the general definition of the kingdom of God is the sovereign rule, the sovereign territory of God where he exercises dominion. That is the general definition. But in this context, when we are talking about the kingdom of God, we are talking about discovering what is right and doing it. That's why in the kingdom of God, you can discover his will for your life. So what Jesus did before he talked about the kingdom of God was actually the kingdom of God. So he touched them on right giving. He touched them on right praying. He touched them on right fasting. He touched them on right investments. He touched them on right pursuits. Five things in this nutshell is the kingdom of God because they are all addressing doing what is right finding out what is God's will for your life. Don't just be involved in the emotions. Don't just be involved with the emotions of prayer, giving, fasting, uh, in uh, pursuits, right uh, investments and those things. Make sure that you are doing it God's way and it is in line with his word. That's what makes it the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that when we do that, all these things shall be added unto us. So a part of us pursuing Christ is that we will pursue the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God becomes prevalent in a Christian's life, God takes over. That means, Lord, we, we subscribe to your lordship. That means, Lord, you are the final authority in our life. That means, Lord, I will do things according to what your scripture says and not according to the popular culture. I'm not going to do things according to how the economy is playing out. I will do things by your way and by your standard. That is the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ wants us to subscribe 
to a higher pursuit. Our pursuits that we have, Jesus says that it is of little faith. If it has to do with us, just what we will eat, what we will drink, and we are worrying about clothing, these are things of little faith. Jesus wants us to shift our faith higher to where we will be vested, we will be interested in God's will for our lives, in finding out God's oppression or God's oppress, um, God's God's operation, God's mode of operation, God's modus operandus. We we have to find out what will God do in this situation. We will have to find out how should we respond to this as Christians. That is the kingdom of God. So therefore, it is not just about giving. It's not just about praying. It's not about fasting. It's not just about investments, but it's about doing it. God's way. That's the kingdom of God. Giving, give God's way. Prayer, pray God's way. Fasting, fast God's way. Invest, invest God's way. Pursuits, pursue godly interests. That is the kingdom of God. And that affects our vision. I pray in the name of Jesus that may we come to a place where we will put that first. And when that becomes first, the Bible lets us know of a surety, all other things shall be added unto us. The things that we don't think of, food, raiment, drink, and every other thing. The Bible lets us know it to be added unto us because we seek the kingdom of God. I don't know how many of you have been reading Presiding Bishop's devotional, but on one of the days of the week, he touched on Enoch, which really blessed me. And he talked about two types of Enoch. He talked about Enoch, who is Cain's son, and Enoch in Genesis chapter 6. They were both different. One Enoch decided not to serve God. He had no legacy. The other Enoch decided to serve God. And the meaning of the name Enoch is a teacher. So by his living, he was teaching us to seek God first, pursue God. And the Bible lets us know that he didn't even see death. But the legacy that he left behind was that when he pursued God, he built a memorial that today we can't even talk about him. Please, when, when you, when, if you should go back, check on one of the devotionals and read on that. That was so powerful. But we have to come to a place as Christians, if we say we truly love God, we will pursue the things that is on the heart of God. And what is on the heart of God for us this morning is to seek first the kingdom of God. Let's make that priority. It's first because it's priority. This coming week and the next, which the next two weeks, we'll be fasting and praying. And fasting and prayer is part of seeking first the kingdom of God. Join in the time of prayer. Join in a time of reading and meditating on the word of God. Just decide to put God first. I understand what is going on. 
They are laying people off. Things are not too stable. I get it. But shift your focus of that because it will just cause you to worry. And worrying is not going to help you. Jesus even said it. Who has worried and added an inch to his height? Worry gives you no advantage. There is no profit in worry. But Jesus wants us to come to a place where we will shift our focus. That will make us worry to seeking the kingdom of God. That should be our pursuit. Hence, our theme for this year, the pursuit of Christ. Pursuing Christ means you will pursue his way and his will. It's called the kingdom of God. And when you pursue his will and his way, you do things the right way. So, in the next two weeks that we'll be fasting and praying, it is a statement that we are seeking first the kingdom of God. And if you are going to involve yourself in this fasting and praying and decide to make God first, make him first by praying to him, make him first by reading the Bible, make him first by deciding to practice his will for your life, I can promise you, on the words of Jesus, all these things will be added unto you. Believe him. Jesus has let us know from today's scripture that it is of little faith if we chase for food, we chase for what we will drink, we chase for clothing. It is of little faith. It is of little faith if you are consumed with worry and anxiety for your future on this earth. It is of little faith. Because just look at the birds of the air and look at the lilies of the field. This winter, you will find lilies. You will find them in the spring. They have shriveled because of the winter season. But Jesus even said that the lilies of the field, they are more glorious and they are more arid than Solomon in all his glory. Because God is able to clothe the lilies. And if he is able to do that, will he not clothe you? Friends, lift up your faith and pursue Christ by seeking first the kingdom of God. Let that be the priority. Seek heaven's way of doing things right. Seek God's will for your life that you will be in his blueprints and you will be in the center of God's will. And when we do that, the Bible says, all other things shall be added unto us. So I want to encourage you, get involved in this fasting and prayer. It's an opportunity for us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's not forget that. His righteousness. Seek God's righteousness. Not the world's righteousness. God's righteousness. And it's a gift. Righteousness is a powerful force. Righteousness is, the, is God declaring us we have been justified. 
and we have been declared righteous or we've been justified from our sins, our guilt, not because of what we did, but because of Jesus, the Son of God, dying on the cross for us. Seek that righteousness. Because when you seek that righteousness, you will have a healthy image of yourself. You will not be susceptible and you will not be prone to condemnation and sin. Seek that righteousness. Don't just seek the kingdom of God. Seek that righteousness. Seek the gift of righteousness that can make you holy. Seek the gift of righteousness which is in the center of God's will. When you seek after God's righteousness, you are seeking the kingdom of God. Seek God's righteousness. And God's righteousness comes not because of the right things we did or the good things we did. God's righteousness comes to us by reason of what Jesus did for us that we couldn't do, pay for our sins. Seek for that righteousness. Be a lover of righteousness because righteousness will affect how we worship God. It will affect how we will live for God. You, you can't be holy without being righteous first. Righteousness will help us to be holy. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands with me and say, I seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God is pursuing Christ. Thank you, Lord. We seek. We seek. We seek, O oh Lord. We will resign from worrying. We will resign from threatening. We will resign from being consumed with the troubles of this world. We resign this week, Lord, and we make a concerted effort to seek first the kingdom. And Lord, we have learned from your scriptures that when we seek first your kingdom, which is your right way of doing things and living for you, and seeking your will, all these things shall be added unto us. Thank you, O Lord, that it is in seeking your will that we will receive provision. We give you praise. We seek after you, O Lord. Our soul follows hard after you, O Lord. Just like the songwriter said, we will seek hard after you, O Lord. As the deer pants for the waters, so our soul pants for you. Oh Lord, we seek you. We seek you. We seek you. Andolobosi Bahantoni Madosi Andeles. We seek you. We seek you, oh Lord. We seek you, oh Lord. That we will know your will and your way. We seek you, oh Lord. Kando Sabohantoni Madesia. We seek you, oh Lord. Father, it is in seeking you that we will know your ways. It is in seeking you that we will know the perfect and acceptable will for your life. And Father, during our time of consecration in the next two weeks, O oh Lord, 
may we know your will. May we be acquainted with your ways. And Father, as we are making a statement to put you first in front of our cares, in front of our worries, we thank you that everything else around us will be provided because we trust in you. We declare this week, O oh Lord, and the week ahead that we don't have little faith because we trust in you. We trust in you, O oh God, who is able to clothe the lilies of the field. We trust in you, O oh Lord, who is able to provide food for birds of the air. We trust in you, O oh Lord, who is able to hold our lives together in this fragmented world. We trust in you, O oh Lord, and we believe in you, O oh Lord, that you are able to keep us in one place and in one piece that we will not be combustible. We trust in you, O oh Lord, that in this evil world, we will still walk in perfect peace because our minds will be stayed on you as we seek the kingdom of God. Oh, Father, may we be kingdom seekers, O oh Lord. Father, change our pursuits, Lord. Our desires should change, O oh Lord. May our desires become godly desires. May our affection become godly affections in the name of Jesus. May our pursuits be divine pursuits, O oh Lord. Father, in this year of pursuing Christ, O oh Lord, may we have this understanding that we are to pursue you, O oh Lord by pursuing the kingdom, which is knowing your perfect will for us, which is understanding the right way of doing things. Thank you, Lord, that we will not just do things by the motion, but we will do things by your will and by your way. We will do things right. We give you praise, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming to us with this word. Thank you, O oh Lord, that we raise our level of faith. Thank you, O oh Lord, that our pursuits will change, O oh Lord. It will change from earthly to divine. It will change from secular to heavenly. Thank you, O oh Lord, that you have promised not to forsake us. That all our needs will be supplied. Thank you, O oh Lord, that it's in seeking your will that worry will leave. It's in seeking your will that anxiety will dissipate. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We receive this word and mix it with a heart of faith that it will profit us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.